You know, I was, uh, when Melanie was prepping for worship and, you know, singing that song, it, it just made me realize something, you know. And we look at God and we know our glorious is, our great, our awesome. We've got those words that speak to him. But there's nothing that can compare to the glory of God. And I think we won't really realize it until we get to heaven. How glorious our Lord is. And uh, this morning I want to continue to speak about the return of Jesus. If you remember, I've been sharing this word for the last few months. Looking into Jesus' return and our preparation for his return. And uh, we know how the world has changed over the last few years. You know, we, we see the dramatic change that's taking place, especially from COVID to the, the crisis. And now we're having a couple of wars, you know, one in Ukraine that's still going on. The news don't really talk too much about it, but it's still taking place. There's still things going on in, between Russia and Ukraine, and it's not resolved. And now we have the situation in Israel. You know, we, some of us are good friends are still living in Israel at the moment. That's just a really going through very, very tremendous times at the moment. And he keep raising this question, you know, are, we, are those the times, the sign of end times that was prophesied by the different prophets, even by Jesus himself? I believe it. I truly believe that we are in the last days, you know, of human history before Jesus return. And he may look looking from England, you know, in our lovely home and no war, things seem to be going okay. But in various parts of the world, things are changing dramatically. You know, in Matthew 24, 8, Jesus, you know, spoke about this event like labor pain, you know, a series of labor pain as well. And we begin to see what he spoke about, rumors of wars and wars. We've been into the Ukraine war for now two years. We're coming up to two years in, in Ukraine in war. And then, obviously, Israel has been going through a lot of situations. But this is a different level. There's something different about what's taking place in Israel today than it was before. Because not only we're seeing the different organizations such as Hamas, you know, really going for it. But we're hearing Hezbollah, we're hearing Iran, Iraq, and all the Arab countries are really gathering together to prepare themselves. In a mindset, there's one thing they want, complete annihilation of Israel. And it's interesting that the prophet Ezekiel prophesied in chapter 38, 39. We're not going to go through it today. But he prophesied that there will be a coalition of Arab countries that will rise up against Israel. And they will try to invade Israel by surprise. As a matter of fact, the whole world will be surprised by this attack taking place against Israel. So much that Israeli people will think that there is no hope and God will intervene. He will use the element of nature to stop the army and to completely destroy the Arabs' army. And from that point, there will be peace in Israel. Because as we know, someone will come and step on into the scene and bring a peace treaty with Israel that will last for seven years. So, when we're looking at the return of Jesus, 
we have to think about some of the key events that will take place prior to his coming back at the end. And in no particular order, I spoke about the rapture of the church, which is when Jesus will call his people to him in a blink of an eye. And as just mentioned now, the invasion on Magog against Israel, which is depicted by Ezekiel in chapter 38 and expanding in chapter 39. The arrival of the Antichrist in the beginning of a seven-year treaty that will simulate the beginning of the Great Tribulation, where he will dominate the whole world, impose a system on all mankind for a period of seven years. And the wrath of God will be active during those times as well, where God will use different things to be able to bring people back to him. This is going to be a very, very, very terrible time for people that are still on this earth. It will culminate into the battle of Armageddon, the final battle of mankind, who will be fought in Israel in a place called Megiddo. When at a time when the people will rise up, some of the country rise up against the Antichrist to claim complete dominion on earth, Jesus will come with his saints, with all the believers, and with his words, he will destroy the Antichrist and the army, and then he will establish a millennium kingdom that will last for a thousand years. And finally, after the thousand years, Satan that was bound in hell will be released for a period of time to, again, deceive the people. And God will get rid of it completely. And that will be the end of it. The beauty about our story, it doesn't end when we die. It doesn't. There is a promises of God that will be spending eternity with him. First in heaven, and then ruling here on this earth for a thousand years. Before God eventually get rid of sin completely and bring a new earth and a new heaven. And my question to us is how do we prepare for his return? How do we do that? And like I mentioned before, the last few months, I spoke about faith, the importance of Believing what the Word of God is saying to us. I also spoke about being obedient and to trust Him, regardless of our situation and circumstances, to always trust Him. I spoke also about let God do His thing. Let God just be the conductor of our life. You know, I'm a guy that loves to be in control of my own life. And sometimes I find it very difficult to let God control my destiny. But we have to do that. We have to do that. We have to allow God to be in control of our lives. I spoke about knowing Jesus. One of the most important things, our relationship with Jesus. So, so, so important. I spoke about watching, prepare, and be ready. We have to be on alert. You know, we've got this story, the, the parable of the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. And I'm not going to go through this, but we understand clearly that I speak of Christian. Five were foolish, and the reason they were foolish is because they were not prepared. They were not ready. They were not ready. You know, we don't know when Jesus returned. 
So we have to be always on alert, just in case. Just in case he decided to come now, we have to be ready. I spoke about the rapture, which is really Jesus calling out his sons. And I also spoke about taking heed of Jesus' instruction regarding his church, which is found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. You know, we spoke about the different churches. Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches to basically prepare them to live a holy life, a godly life, based on the atmosphere, on the character of the different churches. Very interesting. When we look at the seven letters to seven churches, we see that Jesus gives us an x-ray of the spiritual condition of each churches. The church of Ephesus, what was their problem? They needed to stay in love with Jesus. They got so accustomed to do things in church that they completely forgot the first love, Jesus. So they were so focused on just doing all the stuff outside loving Jesus first. Smyrna, the second church, there's nothing wrong about them. As a matter of fact, they were committed to Christ even to their death. They were ready to die for Christ. The third church, he said, do not compromise. How many times we compromise our faith for things of this world? I've done it. You know, I've done it many times. But Jesus is very specific as people of God, do not compromise your faith with the care of this world. Do not be corrupt. That was one of the churches as well. Very corrupted church. Another church that was missing was the spirit. Be alive in the spirit. The church of Philadelphia, there was nothing wrong about that. As a matter of fact, they were a faithful church. So faithful that God opened a great door for them. And the last church, which is one of the worst ones, did not be lukewarm. You know, one minute you're in the kingdom, next minute you're outside the kingdom. God, brother, you want to be in or out completely and just have your feet in for one minute and your feet out. There was something very dramatic about this church. I want us to pause for, for a moment as uh, Jesse's playing some music in the background. And I want to ask us, you guys, just to close your eyes. For a moment. If you can close your eyes for a moment, and I'm, I'm going to take you forward in 2034. It's about 12 years from now. The world is at peace. No war in Ukraine. No war in Israel. It's a very, very peaceful world. Someone just signed a treaty between Israel and the Arabs countries. As I mentioned it, they invited Israel and they failed because God intervened. And this guy stepped on the scene and he brought peace. This man, everybody love him. He's a great renowned and authority. Our children, they're not adults. Some of them are married. 
Others got great jobs. They got in great positions. And then we're living in a world where people accepted one world religion. So it is not about Christianity, it is not about Islam, it is not about Judaism, it is not about Buddhism, it's one world religion. 2034. People accepted that there's a one world order because that one world order just bringing peace. People accepted that there's one currency. So there's no euro, no pound, no dollars, yen. It's all about one currency. And people are living their life and most of them are enjoying it because they never experienced such a, such a peace in those days. 2034. This is a word through the system of the Antichrist. This is a word when most of the believers won't be able to come and share the good news as we do it today. For some of us, we get on with it. Others may just form house, you know, cells in a house, hiding, like in places in China. Now, I said 2034. It could be 2040, 2050, 60. I don't know, to be honest. But this is the world that's coming, we're coming to. And right now, today, going back to today, 2023, there's one thing when it comes to preparing for the return of Jesus that we need to do in sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. There are places in the world where they can't share the gospel freely. They can't go on the street and speak to people about Jesus. They can't go to places and speak about Jesus. They can't even open their Bible in public to speak about Jesus. It's a crime against the system in some countries. In some places, when you're labeled as a Christian, they hunt you down and kill you. That is a state of some of the country that we're living in. And that will be the state of the world in 2034 or in 2040 or 5060. We have a great opportunity today when there's a complete freedom for us to go and share the gospel to our loved ones, to our work colleagues, anyone that God has placed in our heart to do. In Matthew 24, verse 4 to 20, Matthew 24, verse 4 to 20, it says this, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of war and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famine, pestilence, and earthquake in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then 
they will deliver you to the tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and we hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nation. And then the end will come. The Lord really challenged me the last few weeks about the importance of sharing the good news, the gospel, which is actually the good news. We are all candidates here to share the gospel. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We all know this, the Great Commission. He says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We need to share the gospel. You know, this message, our brother Peter, Paul, you know, all of them, that's all they were sharing. They were sharing the good news, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Salvation was the key elements. And I think sometimes we're losing it. We are focusing a lot on the other aspects of church, which are important. But the most important thing is that my brother, my sister, my uncle, my auntie, my cousin, my, my, my friend, my work colleague, or wherever God bless me around or place you around, if he doesn't know Christ, he needs to be saved. Mekka was sharing uh, two weeks ago, and our sister Lynette went to a funeral to, uh, this, this, this week about the life of people that were just taken away in a second. They didn't know what was happening. They were just minding their own business. It wasn't their fault. They were not involved in crimes or anything at all. They were just walking. And it appeared that some guy driving took a car, stole a car, banged the car, and he hit them. Whatever happened, the circumstances is that sometimes we are not responsible for things that happen to us. We don't know. Were the person saved or not? We will never know. The last few weeks, I don't know if you guys love Friends. I used to watch Friends a lot, you know, back in the days, you know, just find the chemistry between the, those guys. And this guy died. He drowned in his, in, his, in his hot tub, you know. And he had a lot of issues, a lot of problems throughout the years. But he's gone. He's gone. And again, we cannot certify whether he knew Christ or not. Most people will say, I don't think he knew Christ. Listen, I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But he's gone. And we need to share the gospel. Some people out there need to hear the good news. They need to hear why you've been saved. Why did you choose Christ? They need to know. 
You don't need to be a preacher, a pastor uh, to be to share the gospel. We are all candidates for sharing the gospel. And Jesse won't mind me saying this to him, you know. This young man, Jesse, I'm putting on the spot today, but he inspired me this week. He uh, got on TikTok. He got on TikTok with friends and he met a Jew on TikTok and he started communicating. And he started sharing the gospel to this Jew guy. This guy saved now. He gave his life to Christ. He gave his life to Christ. So what I did, I gave Jesse, the, you know the book that we're using for Bible study. I gave it to him to begin to disciple this young guy. And what I'm saying this is because it doesn't matter what age you are. He's a 16-year-old that just felt compelled to speak about his news, about the good news. Because what is the gospel? It's a good news. It's your good news. It's my good news. When I have a good news, I want to share it to the world. So if you buy a nice car, you're going to be sharing to the world. You've got a nice car. If you've got a house, you're going to share it to the world. So why can't we share the good news of the gospel to each other? Why is it so difficult for us to tell your friend about the good news? We need the gospel. We need the gospel to get us saved. That is so important. As I mentioned, gospel means good news and is primarily essential for our salvation and the salvation of our loved one. It's a message of redemption and forgiveness. God on the cross forgave us. Do you know that we were all doomed? The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which means that there was no hope for us, none of us, until Jesus stepped in into that cross and died for us. There was no hope. Because God and sin don't work together. God destroys sin. When the sin is the wrath of God, but because of Jesus, there is salvation, there is hope, there is reconciliation with God. The Bible said in Ephesians 22, 8-9, I love this scripture. For by grace you have been saved through faith and are not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. That's what it is. Next month, we are going to give gift to our children. Some of them expecting some big gift. My little man, 10-year-old, he asked me for an iPhone 13. I said, in your dream. In your dream. But that's what it is. Christmas is about presents, about sharing gifts. But God has given the greatest of gifts, the greatest of all. Salvation. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9 to 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's not any other message that I can preach today than the message of salvation. I can't. That has been my conviction for the last two, the last two weeks. I've got a brother in Paris that doesn't know Christ. 
and I need to go and reach out to him. I've got an auntie and an uncle that doesn't know Christ. I need to reach out to them. I've got a friend in Israel that actually is there and things are going very bad. I need to reach out to him. Everyone, everyone needs Jesus. Every one of us. Most of the rich people may think they don't need it because they got the money. But even when they have the money, they always seem to have a void to fill. And they can't figure out what it is that's missing in my life. So they're pursuing money. They get the money. They got so much money, they don't know what to do else. So they pursue women. They get so many women, they don't know what else to do. They, whatever they pursue is drugs, anything. Do you know why? It's because they're missing Jesus. God, when he created us, he put this thing inside of us, which really tell us that we desire our creator. We desire to be connected to our creator. And because each one of us desire to be connected to the creator, when they can't find it, they're going to find something else. And even when they find something else, it's still missing. Only when you find Jesus that you are completely fulfilled. I became a Christian in 2003. I was 30 years old. So I did not grow up in church. But during those teenagers' years and young adult years, I, been, I was craving for things. But I did not realize I needed Jesus. So I craved for drugs. I craved for women. I craved for anything. And I'm talking to you here, the young guys, so you young people that are here listening. There's always going to be something missing unless you find Jesus. Unless you find him, you will always look for the next best thing. And that's what they're doing. Until you find Jesus, you will always look for the next best thing. You got a house, and then somebody's got a bigger house than you, so you're going to go looking for that bigger house. Or you got a car, but somebody's got a better, nicer car than you, so you're going to be looking for the nicest car that you can. And it's the same thing. But when you find Jesus, there's a complete transformation that takes place in you. It's an important subject, sharing the gospel. It is important that we go out there and share the gospel. And sometimes, you don't have to be on the street. Listen, I've done that. I've been on the street sharing the gospel with my leaflet and my little voice. Even one day I shared that to Marcia. I was on the bus. That was early days when I became a Christian. I was on the bus. And I don't know what happened to me. There was a lot of people crying on the bus. And I just stand up on the bus and I start sharing the gospel to people. And then when I finish, I sat down. I sat down. No, you ask me to do that now. Maybe a little bit more sophisticated than that. But the truth is, wherever you are, you need to share it. God has placed you in a workplace for a purpose and a reason. And sometimes it is not to share for the whole company. There's only one person. One person that needs to hear the good news from you. Maybe that person is going through some important problem and situation that only you will be able to speak that word into their lives. I ask this question to the Lord. Why do we need the gospel? And he's told me this. 
Number one is to keep yourself from my wrath. You know, people love to talk about the good God, the just God. We say glorious, awesome, wonderful, great God. But do you know that God is a judge as well? God is a judge. And one of the reasons that we need the gospel is to keep us from the wrath of God. Romans 1.18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The gospel or the teaching of Jesus Christ can guide us and provide us help and fulfill our life. It's going to come a time where the patience of God will run out. In Revelation, all the way from chapter 6, all the way to chapter 17, 18, we are seeing the manifestation of the wrath of God upon the world. If you read it, for those who want to, we don't study on it, but if you want to read it, read it yourself. From chapter 6 all the way to chapter 17, we've seen the wrath of God pour out upon the earth. And when we are talking about it, it is not a joke at all. That's why it's called the Great Tribulation. Because it's going to be a time when mankind is going to go through so much tremendous persecution. God will unleash his wrath. And one of the reasons at the moment we are still okay is because the Holy Spirit is still on this earth. It's still operating through the believers here. As soon as God takes his believers away, you're going to see what's happening. God will release his wrath upon the world. I don't know why I'm saying this this morning. But I'm really strongly, strongly challenging myself and challenging us. By the time we reach 2024, the end of 24, we must have at least reached one person and disciple one person. I truly believe we need to reach at least one person and disciple one person. Whatever the person is in your heart, Begin to pray to this person. Begin to pray to who is the person. You may know it. It can be a family member. It can be a friend. It can be a colleague. But we need to at least reach one person. The Bible says that who wins soul is wise. Is wise. Is wise. He's challenging me, Jesse, this week. TikTok. You know, I don't use TikTok that much, you know. But he just went on TikTok. Find this guy. I don't know what conversation those guys had, but that conversation led him to share his truth, his faith, that led this guy to give his life to Christ. A Jewish guy would begin to question life and existence. So when God placed Jesse, it was the right time, and he was able to express that time. And you know, sometimes God places among people, and it's the right time for us to talk, and we hesitate. Sometimes you hear the Holy Spirit say, go and talk to that person. And you hesitate to talk to that person. The reason the Holy Spirit said that is because he knows that that person is ready to receive it. I got saved in CLF. And the person that Jesus brought to me was Nikki. But Nikki didn't have to do much of a talking. And believe me, he can evangelize. Nikki can evangelize. But he didn't have to do much. You know why? Because the condition for me to receive Christ was ready. 
God has been preparing me for a couple of years, forgiving me dreams, and preparing me to realize that I needed a savior. I was so down because I was looking at my life and I said, Lord, I was saying to myself, I cannot live like that. And I was crying out, I need somebody to guide me, to guide me to you because I can't do it. I'm a mess. And the circumstances happened that I was working a part-time security guard at the time and studying and they needed in this place, they needed someone to watch after the computers. So I wasn't even meant to be there. But for whatever reason they needed it. So they called me in the afternoon on a, on a rush and asked me if I was free to go. And I was hesitating whether I should go and I decided to go. needed a bit of extra money, so I went. And he come Nikki popping in with a big smile in his face and we start having a small conversation. And he talked to me about Christ and I was ready. I was ready. A week later, he invited me to a church. And the rest is history. I'm here today. I am here today. And the reason I'm saying this is there may be someone, someone in your workplace that need to hear your faith, your gospel, your good news. And the way that you say that good news may be different to the way I said it. But because that person is the person that God assigned to you, is ready. Is ready. You know? I used to think that to share the gospel sometimes is so difficult. It's so, you know, it's hard. But where God is in it, it just, you just have to open your mouth and speak your truth. Speak your testimony. Because why is the gospel? You sharing your testimony. You sharing why you found Christ. You sharing the reason you're here. Listen, guys. If we come in on Sunday and listen to Melanie just playing guitar and singing songs and, and then we go home, this is a waste of time. It is. I'm telling you. If we, that's why we come into church, it is a waste of time. You might as well stay at home. We've got online here. You might as well put it online and do your, have your cup of tea and do whatever you want. It is a waste of time. We're here for a reason. Sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. I want to do something, you know, as I conclude with this. I haven't finished. I'll finish next time. I want to conclude with this. I mentioned it before. But next year, I want to challenge you and I challenge myself. That by next year, when we meet again here, around November time, we will have at least one person saved and one person discipled. That person doesn't necessarily mean to come to our church. It's not a competition here. We're not competing to have the person in our church. That's not about that. It's about a person to be saved and a person to be discipled. If you can't invite a person on a day, that's fair enough. If you can't. But the challenge is for us next year. And I'm not asking for 10, 15 people. Maybe Pastor Mech and Nicholas, 15 people for you guys, you know. No, I'm joking. But for all of us, at least one person. Can we do that? One person. It can be somebody, you know, Stefan, it can be in Ivory Coast, it can be here, it can be in France, anywhere. Marseille can be here, it can be your family members, anyone. It can be your, you know, your family, friends, anyone. 
than one person. Can you imagine just one person? The Bible said that when somebody is saved, the angels are just like, they're crazy in heaven. They are singing, they're singing, singing. And that's what God wants. His word said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is what he's in for. So I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for those who are here or those online. I don't know who is online. But if you hear this message today and you need Christ, you don't know Christ, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to come to him. The Bible says clearly that Jesus died and rose again for us. It is a gift of God. It means that you don't have to buy it. You don't have to look for it. It's given to us. It's given. You don't have to work for it. It's given. All you need to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again. That's all you need. And I want to pray for those who actually want to say to the Lord, but next year, I want to have somebody said and disciple this person. If it is you, just raise your hand. I'm raising my hand because I need to do this. I need the Lord to see that I want to do this. So by next year, you will have somebody saved and you will have somebody discipled. Father, I just thank you this morning for just the opportunity to share this word to us. To speak to us of the importance of knowing you, but the importance of the gospel, the good news. And Lord, I commit myself and those who raised their hand this morning. Lord, by the time we come back to next year in 2024, we will have at least one person saved and discipled. We ask you for your grace in this matter. We ask you for your help, Lord, and your direction. And Lord, we ask you to increase us again in wisdom and in more revelation of your word, of your ways, and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.